When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me as always. And we've got a special guest today. Friend of the show, host of I Turn My Podcast On, Mr. Tyler Darling. How are you, sir? Hello, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well, as well as you can do in 2020, right? I hear you. Yeah, dude. That's, you know what? We just have to, we just got to put, put our pants on one leg at a time. So true. And our fitted shirt. And our fitted shirt. There we go. Let's see how many spoon <laughs> references we can sneak in. A series of sneaks, huh? Okay. Yeah, you a series of sneaked it in there. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, like we said, you're the host of I Turn My Camera On. And anytime we say that- No, 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 Travis. Also... No, no, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, let me say it again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're the host of I Turn My Podcast On, which as we always say on this show, when we talk about your show, that if you don't get the reference- then you're not a spoon fan. Uh, that's obviously a reference to the song I turned my camera on, right? So tell us about your show. Just to, we'll you know we'll let you enlighten our audience. Even though we've we've I mean we've already talked about your show, like we talk about it all the time. But since you're here, why don't you tell our audience about the show? Oh well, thank you. Um, yeah, so it is a spoon dedicated podcast. I had been working on it for almost two years, just in the background. Um, and finally, during the quarantine type thing, you know, like everybody in the world's putting out a podcast, but uh, yeah, it gave me some extra time. And then just by like chance, I had contacted Britt Daniel of Spoon just with some questions, like wrote out some questions and was like, hey, it's really hard to find stuff online uh, about this era. Would you mind just answering a couple questions? He said, sure. And then all of a sudden now he's doing interviews with me about every single record. And it turned into this fan club meets interview meets just celebration of all the great songs. And, um, you know, as you guys know, you are as Spoon fans. Um, the biggest thing, greatest thing about them is how consistent they are. You know, they just every record is different, but somehow better than the last one in a way, you know, it's just like, um, it's a band I, I don't get tired of talking about and for years was doing things online on the message boards and yeah, just kind of turned into this whole thing. Uh, like you said, Travis, it is a spoon reference, but I welcome new fans, old fans alike. We don't try to exclude anybody. It's just a, a fun time. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's awesome that, uh, 
that you get to chat with with Brett about every single record. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 having a great time though. It's been fun and and yeah, you guys, your show is the reason I discovered it was doing research for it a couple years ago. I'm like, well, I have this idea. I hope nobody else has done it. So I started, you know, searching iTunes for podcasts and. I see you guys have a series of sneaks episode. I see a girls can tell episode. I'm like, Oh no, they've done it. They're going through <laughs> all the records. But, uh, obviously, you know, you did four records, but your unique style of looking at the hidden gems between the singles. And, um, and I love that. So I love the format, how, you know, you, you can cover more styles of music and types of music, right? Because you're, you're moving through a record each, uh, each episode, different genres, which is great. And so, uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to be on with you guys. And obviously I do listen to other music besides Spoon. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the show is is that, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love discovering those episodes and yeah, really finding out how close we are in age based off just like the music, you know, like The Strokes, Early Kings of Leon, Radiohead, Interpol, you know. Yeah. Like so many well, as we, uh, as we said last week, you're you're kind of like the triplet, you know, Oh boy. the long lost, <laughs> the long lost, uh, self boy. That's our last uh, name. Well, <laughs> well, thanks. All right, Q. Uh, what are we talking about today? This is our, what is this? Our fourth episode on, on dad tunes. So, so what do we have in store for, for, for everybody today, Q? Well, yeah. So last week we talked about Mr. Gino Vanelli and I figured we got to change it up, get a little more bluesy. Uh, a little more rock and roll. We're covering Dire Straits today, which I'm stoked about. I have not given them a fair shake. How about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I confess I only really know um, the singles. You know? Yeah, same. So, What about you, Tyler? When did, did you uh, get into Dire Straits in an early age? Uh, I have specific memories of listening to them with my dad, for sure. Um, I mean, Money for Nothing, I, you know, MTV was... You know, in the 80s, I mean, obviously it started earlier, but I mean, when I grew up late 80s, early 90s was huge. So that song was like the first like meta. I mean, I didn't know what meta meant, but I'm like, wait, they're on MTV singing about MTV. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, But I I definitely remember hearing uh, Sultans of Swing, like my dad pointing out, like, listen to this guitar solo. Like, it's so, so awesome. And, you know, him cranking it up. And um, yeah, I drove in the car with my dad for hours and hours and hours. so yeah, he would, um, he would pick me up in middle of the state Illinois and we'd drive, th- uh, three hours home and then the next weekend drive me back. So yeah, we, we would spend like six hours in the car just listening to music, jamming to music. And, uh, yeah, I definitely remember again though with Travis, it's just the singles. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've never did track by track. I don't think I own I know I have the the greatest hits record like on vinyl. I don't I don't think I have any of the other studio. I might have the Brothers in Arms one, but um, yeah, not familiar with a lot of the songs. So you were saying that you were driving around Illinois. Uh, were you uh, driving around Chicago at night? Oh, did you, Travis. Did you put a, <laughs> did you put an S on? Did you put an S on that Illinois, Travis? Probably. <laughs> Illinois. Love it. Illinois. Love it. Well. Um, no, we we weren't we weren't driving around Chicago at night, but we were listening to the car radio. You know, just <laughs> um, this is just this is gonna be jam packed. You know what we should do? Like, if you're a listener out there, and you can you know tweet at us and tell us every single spoon reference that we made, 
you will get something. A prize. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a, I'll do, yeah, we'll, we'll have to do like a spoon vinyl giveaway or something. I do have records uh, to give away for my show, but uh, there we, go. Yeah, we can, we'll do something. We'll make it fun. I mean, you don't have to tell us. You can always take the fifth, you know, that's always an option. <laughs> <laughs> always an option. Okay. So, so Dire Straits, I feel like everyone knows a Dire Straits song. I, we say this a lot. Like this is one of those bands, you know, Dire Straits, even if you don't realize you do. And what's funny, the three like huge hits that come to mind for me were all on Brothers in Arms, which is an album of theirs that came out in '85. Okay, what's the other one? Because uh, for me, it's for me, it's the three Dire Straits songers: Sultans of Swing, Money for Nothing, and Walk of Life. What's the What's the other one you're thinking of? So far away, so far away. That's such the one. a good song. I don't know if I know that one. Oh. Off the, I mean, by title, but like you say, I probably know it. I just yeah. don't know that. It's got a lot. I mean, it's way more um, slow, kind of a yeah, almost like a you know. I'll have to check it out. Okay. No, it's a great song. But yeah, that that's the thing that's so weird about them. Like like you're saying, you probably know them and you don't. Is to me, my mind, the three biggest singles are Sultans of Swing," "Walk of Life," and and uh, "Money for Nothing," and they sound like three completely different bands like totally it's it, it's crazy to yeah. think about how you know obviously the one was earlier in their career but um walk of life sounds like a bruce springsteen song like as a kid i thought that was like i thought it was bruce springsteen as yeah. a kid you know uh, like the the synth and then mm-hmm. um yeah it's 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 crazy yeah you're right it's it definitely has a bruce springsteen vibe to I, it. I, yeah. as a kid i always thought it was it was bruce springsteen and i always thought it was actually saying the walk on by. I thought it was like a like a dance move. I'll do the walk on by. And I thought it was just some <laughs> weird, like 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 he's bobbing his head, walking around. I, I had no clue. That's the dance that Courtney Cox was doing in the Bruce Springsteen video. She was doing the walk on by. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're gonna we're actually gonna jump back to their self titled debut record, which came out in seventy eight. So, uh, and that's where Sultan Sultans of Swing pops up on. Uh, so let's name off the roster real quick. We've got Mr. Mark Knopfler, and that's a hard <laughs> last name to say. It's the last time I'm saying it. Did you uh, look it up? I, I, I'm, yeah, I made sure that's how you say it. <laughs> it's got a P and an F. Knopfler. Knopfler. You can't say it fast. Knopfler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's the main singer, songwriter, lead, lead vocals, lead guitar. Got his brother, David, on rhythm guitar. John Ilsley on bass and Pick Withers on drums. So that was the lineup in 78 or when they first started. And um, I'm going to talk briefly about a um, an influence on Mark and the band. Uh, it's a guy by the name of J.J. Kale. Have you guys heard of this guy? Mm-mm. I feel like he came up when I was doing research for another artist that we covered. I don't remember. Maybe possibly Kings of Leon actually that's that's very possible so um specifically i'm going to dive a little bit into the tulsa sound talking tulsa oklahoma uh this was a like kind of like a style of it's like a blend of country folk and blues uh, a little bit of jazz rockabilly kind of stuff it's this like signature sound that comes straight out of this one little town in oklahoma uh, around the late fifties and JJ Kale is one of the, the big names that come, comes out of Tulsa and 
he had a huge influence on how Mark plays guitar and on kind of how, how he, he writes songs too. Um, you can definitely hear the influence. Uh, I want to play a quick song from Mr. J.J. Kale. So he had an album. His first album came out in 1971. It's an album called Naturally. So I'm going to play a little bit of a song off of that record. It is track three. The song is called Don't Go to Strangers. listen to that all day yeah. <laughs> what dire straight song was that again yeah right exactly <laughs> that intro sounded like it could be off this record i mean besides the vocal totally uh for sure yeah so so he's quoted as having this uh relaxed groove in like in like his vocal delivery and kind of the way he plays guitar it's just kind of like i don't know like laid back and easy breezy it just kind of exudes like cool you know like yeah this- yeah, so so another artist that is uh, like heavily tied to the Tulsa sound, who actually isn't from Tulsa, but Eric Clapton, and um, he actually so you know Clapton, the Clapton song "After Midnight." Oh yeah, we're gonna let it all hang out. We're gonna let it mm-hmm. all hang out. That's a JJ Kale song. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Another thing that goes hand in hand when you think of Mark Knopfler. God damn it, Knopfler. <laughs> is uh his his finger style of 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 guitar playing right yeah um tyler i know you play guitar do you ever mess around with with trying to do finger picking stuff yeah for sure i mean mo- mostly on electric or i mean on acoustic um yeah. you know when i play electric I, i'm more of like a i don't know I, I try to finger picking is more to me like a lighter uh acoustic style and then when i play i usually play with a pick and i play electric but uh yeah he so when I, I watch some videos and right, yeah, he's, he's finger picks. Um, same with like even, uh, money for nothing. It's, it's a finger picking, uh, yeah. style on the electric guitar. Yeah. It's, it's great. He's like such a unique guitar player. Um, yeah. So for people out there that are listening that aren't too familiar with how like that style of guitar playing sounds like, I'm going to let Mark, kind of explain it and and play some guitar for us uh so i've got a clip from a documentary called sound breaking which i think it, it was originally aired on pbs a few years back 
really awesome music documentary. He's interviewed uh, on one of the episodes. So Travis, why don't you cue that up? Do you start doing this slow thumb and finger thing? And you start near dribbling about trying to trying to make sense of it. The breakthrough really comes when you can get your thumb to play four beats to the bar on the bottom strings like this. And then your fingers are supposed to fit in with that. This is a clever trick if you can do it. But once you start to be able to pick a little tune out in a chord, get the rhythm going, and you can just hold a, a chord with the left hand, like a C chord there, and you can go... Which sounds quite a lot, really. It's kind of impressive, considering the fact your left hand's not doing anything. It's just holding this chord. And then the idea is that you can go on developing that and then maybe pick out a little bit of a tune at the same time, so you're accompanying yourself. You know. And so pretty soon you're starting to get quite rhythmic and get so that you're playing a little bit more like a barrel house piano player or something. And it's almost like, um, a piano with a left hand and right hand going all at once, and it's, it's getting a, some rhythm to it, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. So, like, what I, I wanted to talk about this specifically, like, how he, as a guitar player, brings so much, like, twang to rock and roll, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like... Uh, especially like showcase there, like it doesn't sound, he's not playing rock at all, no. but that's what makes uh dire Straits so cool is that it's undeniably rock and roll, but it's also got this, like that folk inspired bluesy kind of stuff and which he lifted from JJ kale. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah. And it's funny how he says like, uh, you know, it sounds impressive. Like you're doing a lot, but like, I'm not even moving my left hand around. I'm just like holding the cord there. And yeah, with that finger style, you can do so much with it. Right. For sure. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of touch. You know, that's the thing. It's you, you, you dynamically, you can do a lot with your right hand when you're doing finger picking that you just, you can't do with a pick. Yeah. You can still, you know, obviously like the solo on Sultan to swing is a lot of left hand, but he's using the right hand to just do so much more um, than, you know, like sweep picking or, any kind of uh, picking, but yeah, that's a, that's a talent for sure. My, 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 speaking of dad tunes, I remember for sure listening to my favorite and like classic rock is Fleetwood Mac's big love. Have you guys heard the Lindsey Buckingham solo where he's just, uh, it's all right hand. And then he sings, have you heard, you know, that song or no, uh, not off the top of my head. But but you're saying that he does it all with just one hand, the solo? Or? He does some little bit of left hand movement, mm-hmm. but there's so much to the right hand to that finger picking that's just marvelous, you know. And it's three chords, but it's just it's insane how much. Yeah, yeah. Like like in that clip of Mark talking, it's his right his thumb is going you know back and forth on the bass notes. So yeah, it takes yeah. a lot of practice and takes a lot of uh, coordination for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's jump into our first tune. 
So, um, again, we're covering their self-titled album from 78. Uh, there were two, oh, three singles on this record. Uh, the first two tracks, Down to the Waterline and Water of Love. Those are A and B sides on a single. And then, of course, Sultans of Swing, which brings us into side two of the record. We're going to play track four first. Uh, this song is called Six Blade Knife. kind of like the jj kale song like it's just fucking cool yeah you know i know man it's just got this vibe to it so here's okay i've been wanting to bring this up all evening (laughs) uh so here's so q you you sent me this song earlier in the week and said hey check out this song that we're going to talk about that's exactly what i did dude and i immediately thought of mark lanigan Ooh, yeah dude Am I right about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So, uh, Tyler, are you a fan of Queens of the Stone Age? Yeah. Mm-hmm, are sure. you a fan of Screaming Trees? I think I've actually heard you guys talk about it, but I, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, so anyway, so Mark Lanigan, he was the lead singer for Screaming Trees, which is like a a grunge band, psychedelic grunge band from the 80s. But he also sang on a number of tracks uh, that appeared on uh, songs for the Songs for the Dead. That you know, the Queens of the Stone Age record Songs where they blew the up, death? basically. Damn it, I do it you every, do time, it every dude. time, dude. I fucking do it every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Songs for the Deaf, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think he may have shown up on the uh, on the record after that, um, which was uh, Lullabies to Paralyze. Yeah, yeah, we got that one right, totally. Um, anyway, but yeah, he's got that really cool, like baritone, gravelly, scratchy kind of voice, right? And I feel like Mark Offer has a very similar. 
similar voice. Um, but dude, also just some things I noticed when I was listening. I feel like the way he accentuates the F in knife almost kind of makes you think of getting stabbed, you know? Ooh. Ow, dude, I felt that, man, when you said that. I felt you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Boom. I notice he does that on like S's sometimes too. He's like, he's like a, yeah. a slithery snake. Ooh. Yeah, exactly, dude. For as far as vocals though, I, I for me, he's, yeah, I, I sense Bob Dylan um, yes. as, a, as an influence, like the way he sings, which is so funny, right? Because we have his voice talking. He's a British dude. And he's like, yeah. he's yeah. like, they're so influenced by the, that you like, you know, so many things, right? Jazz, mm-hmm. rock, but the folk, like for me, I always think of um, his voice as a younger Bob Dylan. I, totally. I'm not a big fan of like current Bob Dylan voice. Uh, he's Oh dude, he sounds like a dying goat, man. Wow. It, it's, it's, I, I mean, I'm not going to talk bad. He's a great song writer, but I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine going to see him live. And, and I saw him live when I was living in Austin. So this was probably back in like 2006 not great. I mean, I didn't go to a Bob Dylan concert. He was just at, I think it was uh, 14 years ago. Yeah, dude. He was not sounding good 14 years ago. <laughs> no, he wasn't sounding good 20 years ago. Twenty five <laughs> right. years ago. No, I mean, that's crazy. I'm, I'm sure there's people that love him, which I, I mean, I, I love his 60s and 70s stuff. And Same. Um, he's a living legend. Yeah, for sure. No, he's great. And, uh, he, but yeah, that's that's where like we talked about the guitar influence and the sound. Um, for, for me, that's what I hear when I hear his vocals is very influenced by that. Totally, and like Mark is just like coming in with this like confidence, you know, and like the way in like his vocal yeah. delivery and just like his song, like his storytelling. That's what's so great about this record, especially being a, a debut record. Like, just it's just oozing with cool, you know. Yeah, and I think the like the sound of that song in particular just makes me think of like. You're sitting around a like a campfire at night or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's just like telling you this tale. I, I'm not even sure what the lyrics are about, but that's just the imagery that I get. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is either. Six. I, I don't. For me, knives only have two blades. From what that's I. That's what I'm. Yeah. Two, that's what I'm two-sided. Um, double edge. It just tells you how how dangerous this particular knife is. <laughs> yeah. How do you transport it? Like usually a knife. Where do you hold it? Foldable. You know. Hmm. I see what's going on here. All right, let's break the lyrics down. Check this out. Okay. Now it all comes together. He says here, he, uh, he's talking about, uh, I think he's talking about a, a lost uh, love or getting his, his, his feelings hurt, perhaps. He says, uh, your six blade knife can do anything for you, anything you want it to. One blade for breaking my heart, one blade for tearing me apart. See, now I don't know if I want to know the lyrics anymore because now it <laughs> sounds like an emo song. What are the other four? Yeah, what are the uh, other? I don't know if he gets to the other four. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't even get to it. Interesting. So he only tells us about two of the blades. Well, that's all it took, dude. And he was, you know, yeah, that's all it took. I guess he kind of infers what it does. He says he t- takes away my mind, like he take away the top of a tin when you come mm-hmm. up from behind mm-hmm. and lay it down cold on my skin. Whoa. Oh, what's he talking hey about? Now. Took a stone from my soul. Now that makes me think of okay, okay. a spoon reference. It makes me think that they want my soul. <laughs> they want my soul. Somebody, somebody wants his soul. When I was lame, just so you could make me tame. Okay. Hmm. So he's talking about love. It's a, it's a heartache song, much like many other rock songs that came before it, you know? Totally. So, so like anyway. your Van Halen's episode, they were ain't talking about love. 
and this is all he's talking about. Yeah. Is love. This song is talking about love. <laughs> all it's talking about is love <laughs> and heartache. Um, is Dire Straits metal? Is Dire Straits metal? <laughs> <laughs> um, Travis, no, they're not. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, no, <laughs> it is not. But um, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, here's the word metal. But I was on the Queens of the Stone Age Wikipedia page, <laughs> <laughs> so never mind. Um, anyway, uh, all right, let's play the next song on the record. Uh, all right, this song is called Southbound Again. I mean, it's such a uh, a different a different vibe than the, the previous track we played, you know. Yeah, and like you can't help but but sway a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Hop, hopping and squirming, dude. Can't help it. Hopping and squirming. Yeah, dude. That's a sure. funky one. I, I, yeah. I, I thought of uh, like a Stevie Wonder almost, like the intro sound. Ooh, it could be like a, yes, like sir. a Stevie Wonder tune or something. But then, totally. I can see that. But then the guitar comes in and you're like, oh, yeah. That we're in a blues. Uh, oh yeah, rock. it's Mark Knopfler. <laughs> yeah, but um, Mark Knopf. Mark Knopf. Knopf. Yeah, whatever. P.F. Changs. Oh. Whatever. Um, Travis, you disappeared. Yeah, your vocals are gone, brother. <laughs> uh, are, they're right there. Are the waves I don't know moving on your end? The waves are moving on my end. Okay, they're not moving on my end either. But uh, it does say recording in progress. So okay, cool. Yeah, I, we've we've seen that sometimes with Zencaster, just like. You know, and then we freak out, and then they're always there in the end. The so. opposite of Zen is when you freak yeah, out. Yeah, it's I'm not I'm not feeling very Zen right now. Zen freak caster. out, caster. <laughs> uh, but uh, unbeknownst to you, Tyler, we're actually recording this in GarageBand as well, separately oh, as true. a backup. Yeah, yeah we do it as a as a backup, and then our vocals come in much cleaner through 
through our own uh, devices. Yeah, it's basically our way of ensuring that we sound better than our guests. That's okay. right, of course. <laughs> I'm also doing a, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm actually in a professional grade uh, studio in downtown LA and uh, that's my backup. So I actually have a, <laughs> a guy in the control room right now shaking his head saying my levels are great and I'm in a $10,000 uh, condenser mic, but... Um, Oh, I thought you were going to say that you were in a in a cubicle because I think that's what you said earlier that you're just in like a, <laughs> like a, well, a prof, uh, you know high quality that's cube. That's what that's what our producer calls it. He calls it the cube. Oh yeah, the big cube. Like step on into the cube. Hey Rick, Rick Rubin. He did say hi. He said he said to say hi. Oh Rick, <laughs> that's okay. good. Our, Beastie Boys. Our, our. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so everything's going to be like in reverse and shit. <laughs> uh, it's um. Yeah, he's got the Jay-Z settings on the mic from <laughs> the Jay-Z record. I can't wait to hear what this is going to sound like. So Southbound again, you know what I love about it? Kind of every now and then throughout the verse, it's almost like he's doing like a little duet with his guitar. You know, he like lets his guitar sing every now and then. That is the mark of a good guitar player. <laughs> you, you said know, mark, how, dude. How vocal. <laughs> that, is, say, mark. that is the mark. <laughs> Oh boy! It is the Mark Knopfler of a good guitar player? Ooh, dude, you said that last name beautifully. Say that again. Uh, are you messing with? No, me? dude, it sounded Real. beautiful. It sounded so natural. Knopf- yeah, Knopfler. Whoa! Yeah, you, you nailed it. Damn. Knocking it out of the park, brother. But speaking of the guitar, um, I I'm a big fan of Fender guitars. So to me, uh, you'll hear that like you hear at the Strat like for sure like oh that's that's a that's a mm. strat right there and i think at this time the rhythm guitars was playing a telly uh from the live things that i watched nice but it sounds like a southern rock like in the america right like in the 70s yeah it sounds well, like, a, I was thinking like, of like a southern uh, rock band you know i was thinking of like zz top a little bit maybe oh yeah totally yeah. which is a texas band you know they're out of houston so they they've mastered the that Southern blues kind of sound. You right. Know? That was going on in America, you know, despite like in the UK, you know, the sex pistols and like punk was happening, you know, in the late, yeah, in this era. And they're like, now we really dig, um, you know, that, that Southern rock meets jazz and blues. And yeah. So they were an amalgamation of all that. All about that Tulsa sound. Tulsa baby. All right. So we got one more song to play. We're going to skip over Sultans of Swing. We're going to play track seven. This might be my favorite. So specifically, I'm going to focus on just the guitar solo. I've got like a few seconds worth of the of the verse leading into the chorus, just to kind of give you some context. But anyways, this is track seven. It is called In the Gallery. While the dealers, they get together. Then they decide who gets the breaks and who's gonna be.
Are you guys familiar with Guitar Face? Who? No. What? It's not like a name of like like just the the faces that a guitar player might make. Oh yeah. Oh sure sure sure. Yeah yeah. Like if you look up John Mayer guitar face, you'll find. Some oh yeah. Photos. He does like a lip quiver. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He does also. He's got a legendary guitar face. Yeah. But yeah. One of the points I was trying to make was like listening to that song. Like I, I involuntarily made guitar face, you know what I mean? Like while I was listening to some of that solo. Let me tell you, brother, I was doing the same thing over here, man. I was making guitar faces left and right. Like I, and that was the first I could time feel I ever it, heard man. that song cue. So like, it just like comes out of nowhere and you just, your, your face starts to contort and you can't help it. Yeah, dude. Or at least uh, maybe I have a problem that I need to go get that checked out <laughs> or something like that, but. No, I was doing it too, man. Yeah. I'm just amazed at how dirty he can, he can get that clean guitar tone. You know what I mean? Like it sounds dirty. But it's and that's what I love about his guitar playing. It's like he almost never touches that, or at least in, on on this record, he doesn't really touch that dis, the distortion or the gain almost at all. It's such a clean tone, you know. Yeah. But it sounds killer. Right. Yeah. You don't. You don't. He he doesn't have a bunch of pedals and effect. I mean, he, there's some effects, you know. But yeah. Right. Like it just sounded like midway through the through the uh, solo, he just flipped from the bridge to the neck pickup to give it a little bit of a different twang but yeah a little bit of a, of a spin on it but yeah nothing crazy it's all technique you know yeah but i you know it's it sounds i mean it is it's so clean but at the same time it's also like very dirty if you will right but that's just the way that that he he makes that guitar sing and for me man i the rhythm section in that song is just so awesome dude like the drumming i, lo- I love that drum beat um, just like the, do, 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 psh, you know, I love that. I wasn't man. even paying attention. I, I don't think I even knew that there was a drummer because I was so busy, like focusing Dude, on the guitar player. How, the guitar how solo. dare you, sir? Okay. Have you guys seen them live? Have you guys, or not, I'm not like in person, but have you, have you looked up the live? So there's like a 10 minute live version of Sultans of Swing and the drummer is nuts. Like he's, yeah. It's crazy, and I'm like, huh. oh, some of the stuff he does in that song is amazing uh, on the on the track. So I can't imagine live what he does. It's like the complete opposite of like a you know a just a backbeat drummer. It's like every <laughs> he's doing so many fills. He's nuts. They're going. There, yeah, I was gonna say there's a particular drum fill in that song that like blows me away every time I hear it. Yeah, he's awesome, man. But no, dude, I I, I love that song, man. Um, and even just listening to to just the guitar solo, you you can get a a good feel for the overall vibe of that song. It's kind of in the same vein of Six Blade Knife, and like I don't know, just it's almost like a you you know bust through the swinging doors in a saloon, you know. Which is funny because the next song on the record is called Wild West End. So would you say like listen to this full record in context? Um, it's like a pretty chill record, right? I mean, there's some moments where they like kind of go to town but it's it's overall chill like it's kind of a head bobbing and then yeah right when you hear the guitars break i like oh man this is okay wow and then you just kind of go back to pretty chill and yeah it's yeah it's definitely you know what that is guys that's the tulsa sound (laughs) really (laughs) it's that relaxed like jazzy rockabilly stuff yeah all right, Q. So that's that's all you had for us, right? That's it, man. Yeah, that is our look at Dire Straits. I will say, dude. Um, I think like I haven't listened to the record. Yeah. But I, I think you picked three really good tracks for us to listen to because they they all sounded you know slightly different. Uh, I think it showcased a good a good range of the of the type of sounds you're gonna hear from Mr. Mark Knopfler. Oof. Beautiful. Nailed it again with that last yeah, name. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm actually just I'm actually just hitting play on the recording of somebody <laughs> saying it perfectly. Like I'm timing it perfectly. So, how, it's really... so earlier today you were sitting in front of a mic going nop nop nopfler nop nope didn't get it that yep. time nopfler. Yep. It took me like that's, 50 takes, but I got it. That's peeking behind the curtain, dude. The uh, human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> the the arsonist has oddly shaped feet. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so the funny thing is, uh, our our dad, you know, as you as you know, if you listen to some of our shows, like he, I love the episode, the one recent with the cars and your dad. Uh, yeah, was awesome. So he has, you know, he was on the radio back in the day. So like when we first had him on the show, like before we hit record, he was legitimately going through like his vocal exercises that. from back in the day. And for, and we, we were, you know, we, we hit ourselves for not having that recorded because sure we weren't recording have. it yet, oh. but yeah, it's, it's lost forever. What, what did he say, Travis? What was it? I think he was just doing the whole unique New York thing, you know, like all that kind of stuff. <laughs> unique New York. Yeah, exactly. And he had a couple other ones, but yeah, it's amazing. It's like this isn't this isn't the radio dad, but we appreciate the evidence. I love that. Yeah. I love that spirit. You know, he took it as like serious. Yeah, because I mean, this is kind of the next step after radio. So I mean, that's our dad. That's our dad. <laughs> always, always taking it to the next level. Yeah, you know, you know all about him as the third <laughs> third triplet. That's yeah, the third triplet. Isn't that uh? <laughs> yeah, it's redundant. It's redundant. <laughs> Uh, so yeah dire straits do um i listened to their their next two albums going on the line Communi- communique which came out in 79 and making movies in 80 and yeah it's a lot of it is that more relaxed like kind of chill vibes that's kind of what they're going for um i didn't get all the way down to brothers in arms but i mean that's like that's mid major right? major yeah and that's mid 80s yeah. um but yeah, they they're one of the uh the, actually so Brothers in Arms that's one of the best-selling albums of all time. I believe it. Yeah, right. dude. So and yeah, and and they're one of the the most successful recording groups of all time. So again, if you didn't think you knew Dire Straits, you do. <laughs> and yeah, um everybody knows. Yeah, everyone knows Dire Straits. So, um that's it, guys. Let's jump into the what you heard segment. And it's always fun when we have a guest on to to that they can bring their what you heard to the table. So this is our segment when we bring a song to the table, something that we heard in between recordings. Uh, should we let Tyler go first, Trev? I think that's the polite way to do it. Let the guest go first, you know? Absolutely. Okay, so... Live from the cubicle. Oh, Hey, Rick, I got a little too much snare in my headphones. Can you... <laughs> okay, sorry. Rick Rubin had the... Who's playing the drums? Rick Rubin had the... Uh, it's famous studio musician Jim Keltner on the drums. That's not even a big deal. Let me just like, Google that real quick. <laughs> he usually hangs out in the studio, but yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. So let's do a clean, <laughs> let's do a clean, <laughs> non nonsense intro. Okay. So from my what you heard, I am picking a song by the band called The Natural History. I just started listening to some of these songs within the last week or two as I, um, got into the bass player Julian Tepper wrote a book about making their second record and as I I did a little post about it and lots of people did not know that they were the ones who wrote the song Don't You Ever that uh so it is a spoon related 
band, but I did, I was obviously not going to come on here and play spoon, but um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they're an interesting band. They're from New York in the early two thousands. So we think of the strokes, we think of Interpol, you know, the Walkman, a bunch, a bunch of bands. Um, totally. So to me that they, they, you can hear it. Like there's like a New York indie rock DIY sound. Um, but to me, out of all those bands, they have a very, uh, British invasion vibe, like more than any of those guys. I mean, they don't, they don't sound like the, like a band, like the Beatles or anything, but their, their courses are really hooky. And then their, their bridges will be something else. And their, their verses are more like post punky. Um, but it's a great record. That's, I picked a song off their debut. The whole record is 11 songs and 28 minutes long. So it's like a no nonsense post punk you know, rock album straight um, to the point. Yeah. And this one, so the second record they released had the don't you ever on it, but um, this is a song called broken language. And um, from what I know, I think you guys will like it. Okay. All righty. Here we go. Broken language by natural history. Did I say that right? Yeah. The natural history. This is the, the natural I, they history. Don't, I, they're nice guys. They're not gonna, they're not gonna care. It's a great song. Loved it. So that reminded me of uh, the Hot Hot Heat singer. Mm. Are you familiar with them, Tyler? For sure, for sure. Yeah, a little bit. Good night. Yeah, um, Hot Hot Heat was big in high school, like 2003, 2002. You're right. Uh, and also, like that guitar, dude. That was very Brett Daniel. Well, I was gonna say, like, I was looking at, uh, I was looking up the, uh, the kind of like the the timeline of these guys. Like, they they started in 2001, so they. So what's the connection between them and Spoon? Did Spoon just hear them and decide to cover Don't You Ever or? So they they heard them. They liked them. They actually had them on their um, started with. I think they were playing in the before shows on like, a, you know, Spoon or a lot of bands. I like house music, but they, they always pick the the music. OK, so I think it started with them having them on the playlist and they toured with them. They toured with uh, Natural History. They opened for Spoon. 
Um, and they did like multiple tours with them. And, um, so what happened was Britt Daniel, lead singer of Spoon, and this guy is named Max Tepper, who's the singer-songwriter. When when Britt was writing Gimme Fiction, and then they were writing the second record, they were sending demos back and forth to each other. And like they were both working on records, so they were communicating, saying, how's this, how's this, you know? And um, so Britt actually liked the demo of Don't You Ever, and then he recorded stuff on top of it, sent it back to Max. But um, the Natural History took a really long time to put out this second record, um, like one of the guys left the band, um, they were kind of like slowly breaking up. Unfortunately, their record label ended up, they wanted to get a better record label basically, but, um, didn't work out and they ended up just self-releasing the album actually right around the time Spoon released. Gaga, ga, 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 So they definitely have a, a really, really interesting connection. You know what I mean? Like there's no other band that I know of where. Yeah, they he like covered a song that wasn't released yet, and they said it was cool, but they did release it, and um, it's different though. I mean, th- their version has different lyrics because Brit's cover was based on like a demo. Okay, um, interesting. Oh so yeah, there's all kinds of little details. It, it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I did not know that up until recently. All right, uh, Q, do you want to go first, or or I should say second? Between the two of us, do you want to go? I'll go. I'll go. I got you. All right. So this is a. Japanese experimental cigarette case. Ooh, nice. Slick, uh, snuck it in there. This is a band called O O I O O. That's how you say it. Two O's and I, and two more O's. Uh, Q, can you pronounce that for say us? Say it again. Yeah, it's O O I O O. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they've been around since the mid 90s. And as soon as I heard it, I was very much uh, reminded of Can, specifically like Tago Mago Can. Okay. Who we talked about. I think that was our sidetrack for one of our Spoon episodes. Was Yeah. Was that, uh-huh. that record? Yeah. So like the prog rock kind of stuff, very like avant-garde. Um, so this is actually, they just released a new album. And this is the first one they've released since their uh, lead singer died back in 2015. So... Like I said, they've been around since the mid-90s. And uh, this is an album that just came out earlier this year. It's called Niji Musi. And I, whew, I'm sure I messed that up, friends. Damn, dude. You should have just picked a different song. <laughs> wow. Horrible pronunciation. And then a bummer. Like, oh, the guy's dead. He just died. Like, wow. Yeah. Way to bring you know what, guys? Down, man. See, We're trying to have fun here, Q. I'm done. I'm done. Sorry. Sorry. I'm done teasing you. Uh, <laughs> um, so with this song that I'm playing, uh, I'm going to actually fade it in like two or three minutes into the song. So it's pretty repetitive. You know, think prog rock, think can, that kind of stuff, you know, very uh, rhythmic. So we're going to fade it in like two, three minutes into the song. Uh, so this song is called Kawasimiya.
So Q, what what year did that come out? That's a brand new song. Just came out this year. A brand new song. Okay. It totally <laughs> sounds like a can for sure. Like like a seventies. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is like that sound is is definitely making a comeback. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess if that's a brand new song, like because uh, you know, there's a lot, there's psychedelic bands are all the rage right now. So like, you know, I was reminded of um, here's another band that we're, that we're not gonna say the name right, but. Kika Gaku Moyu. Oh, Moyu. Yeah, yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like the same kind of vibe, right? Yeah. And and this band, and they've been around since the mid 90s. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So they, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So they've been doing this for a while. They've been doing it for a while. Good stuff. So that song is eight minutes long and it's okay. very repetitive, but it's really cool how they kind of slightly build on each repetition and then they kind of, and then they break it down with that little like jazzy avant garde stuff with the, with the brass or whatever. The, what is that like a trumpet? I don't fucking know. Uh, sure. <laughs> Anyways, so that was uh, again a band called O O I O O, and uh, hey. <laughs> and that, that was a song called Kawasamiya. All right, Travis, bring us home, friend. What you got for us? What you been hurting lately? All right. So this is as fresh as it gets, as far as like when I heard it. Did it come out today? No, uh, no. This actually came out in the eighties. Oh, okay. But I'm saying as for uh, as far as me, fresh to me. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So you know, I heard this probably around you know maybe here we go. I got the exact timestamp cue when I when I told you about this. Three thirty four p.m. today. Wow. Uh, but the band, the the artist, I should say, uh, at least myself and Quentin are very familiar with this band, um, and you might be too, Tyler. So did you ever watch? the show Pete and Pete. Oh my God, Travis. I know, dude. Strap in. Pete and Pete. What is that from? So it's a Nickelodeon show. Nickelodeon show called The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Came out up. in in the nineties, early nineties, early to mid nineties. I would be shocked if you didn't watch this, Tyler. Well if you didn't watch Nickelodeon, then you probably never watched it. Oh, I watched Nickelodeon for sure. So these are the two redhead brothers. Yes. Yeah. So you remember Danny this. Danny Tamborelli Danny Tamborelli, that little kid. Yeah. yeah, that kid. So uh the band that did the the uh theme song, if you want to call it a theme song, like the the song in the in the intro of that show. Hey Sandy. Hey Sandy is the name of the song. So the band name is Polaris. They did a bunch of music for the TV show. And I didn't realize this until today that this is not Polaris was made specifically for the show, but they have had another band that predates Polaris and they've been putting out music since the eighties. Wait, they've been together ever since. Yeah. They've been together as this band that's, they're, yeah, yeah. they're called miracle Legion and it's the same, uh, lead singer at least and a few other, uh, members. So pulling this record up today, I went, of course I went back to their first record cause that's usually what I like to do is go back to the beginning of a band. Right. Um, they you know, it's just like hearing more Polaris stuff. Right. But like awesome. more, yeah, it, dude, just set your face to, to happy because you're about <laughs> to be all smiles. Oh, I can't wait, man. Um, so anyway, this, this song came out in 1984. Um, so Tyler, you're a huge REM fan, right? Or yeah, at least you're yeah, a yeah, fan yeah. of REM. I love REM. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to get definite REM vibes from this song. And this is, you know, early eighties. It's kind of the same era. I mean, REM was making their first records right around the same time. Yeah, Murmur is like top three R.E.M. records for me, and that's, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, Murmur is great. Murmur came out in 83, so the year 
prior to this. So anyway, um, this is their debut record. It's a band called Miracle Legion. And uh, we're going to play a song called Butterflies. That was really good. My heart. Definitely REM, man. That could fit on the first REM record, man. I love it. Definitely. I love it. Definitely. So the so the record is called The Backyard. I definitely recommend that you guys check it out. It's really good. Yeah, and you know, as a as a Polaris fan, dude, I'm just like so pumped to to know that there's more music to hear. Exactly. I picked a couple of things out on that. Um is that one vocalist or is it like two is it like two vocalists harmonizing? Like, I I think it is, yeah. It, it's either it's either that or he's overdubbing himself. But yeah, it's two vocals. Okay, yeah, because I mean, obviously that stands out because Michael, you know, a lot of the early REM is just Michael Stipe. But have you heard of a band called uh, Gigolo Ants? Ants? Gigolo Ants? I have, yeah, yeah. They, they had that one. They, okay, they had a song on Dumb and Dumber, dude. Right, correct, correct. Where I find my heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, man. So so they do they do that a lot with their vocalists, like um, like the it's not like a crazy different harmony, you know, it's not like a, but it's like just a tad different where it's, it just sounds really cool. So that's what reminded me of the, the vocal stylings of that. And then like the music of REM, um, that's really cool. So I'm not, I'm not familiar with that, that band at all. So I'll definitely have to check yeah, it out. And Tyler, you should check out uh, the Polaris stuff too. They have a whole uh, adventures of Pete and Pete album. That's just all the music. I'd from, rather, from... I'd rather not. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> So here's the thing, though. <laughs> no, like, I just wanted to come on the show and just nah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I mean, but here's the funny thing: like, 
like the the music that Polaris wrote was written specifically for the TV show Pete Adventures of Pete. It's so weird. That's so yeah, crazy. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. But apparently the producers of of Pete and Pete were fans of Miracle Legion. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, and they were just like, you know, basically they came to the dudes from Miracle Legion were like, hey, you guys want to, you know, be the band on this show or whatever. And um, they were going to do it as Miracle Legion, but they were having some like legal issues with their label uh, and like other weird stuff that was preventing them from being Miracle Legion on the show. So they just changed their name to Polaris to make that's the, cool music just for that show. But yeah, that's when really you look cool. up the, the record, that's why if you're, if you're a Polaris fan and you know it just from that show, that's the only, the only material material that's out there is the stuff for the show. So like, unless you do an ounce of research, like I've never done for the last like decade that I've known about this band, like, yeah, of course they had another band before that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's funny that I'm just not finding out about this, but that's it's awesome, crazy how that works. This is the kind of stuff that I fucking live for, man. When you just stumble upon something like this, where it's like, holy shit, of course they had another band. Yeah. And of course it's amazing, you know? Oh, so cool. Anyway. So yeah, Tyler, thank you for being on the show, man. It was a blast. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me and having recorded proof that I listen to other music besides um, Spoon. Um, Although you did bring a Spoon, you, you brought a Spoon-related song, though, to the I tried game. to sneak it, yeah, like tried to, like a series of sneaks, you know, I tried to like sneak you it se- in. Your series of sneak it, it just in. just a nonstop series. Uh, so... Yeah. Tyler, I just have a quick question for you. If you wouldn't mind, just kind of like, you know, next time you talk to Britt, just kind of like mention our podcast, you know? <laughs> I w- Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's open to he's open to podcasts added to his feed for sure. Oh, I was totally joking, but no, that would be amazing. You know, since you guys are on a first name basis and everything. <laughs> well, it's, we have a Buddy very... up to Britt. No, it, it's, it's a, I mean, he's super friendly, very nice, but it's, it's a very professional you know we're, we're we're working on spoon stuff it's not like yeah we're hanging out or next time you have him over for dinner just casually <laughs> yeah. mention no filler <laughs> next time we talk about podcast he'd actually mention a podcast to me that he liked a lot um did he really oh yeah what was it i don't want to plug it no i'm just kidding i think it's called a, it's like a, it's about um it's called cocaine and rhinestones it's like a country music like old old country music um, podcast and I, and oh, I did cool. listen to a couple episodes so that's cool but like you're saying yeah, you, you totally discover new things just randomly um, when you make all these connections that's always cool. yeah it's always oh exciting. yeah that's the thing I love most about music man yeah and just when it's when it's natural and you just it it's like timing is so important you know, like, uh, yeah, cause you can love a band and then you're always like kicking yourself. Like, man, why didn't I listen to them like 10 years ago when they were, were out and I could sell them on tour and now they're broke up. And, yeah. You know, it happens all totally, the time. Right. Yeah. So it's, but to the point you're trying to make it like, maybe you, I might not have liked it back then if I listened right. yeah, when totally. they were hot, you know? Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it is all about timing. Exactly. All right. Well, um, well, Q. Yeah. You can find us on nofillerpodcast.com. That's our website. Uh, that's where we have all of our all of our episodes going back to episode one. Uh, and you can find show notes for each episode where we list out all of the track lists. So any song that you heard on the episode, including our What You Heard's intros, outros, you can find it all on the website. We also have, and we don't say this every week, but we have a Spotify playlist 
where every what you heard song gets added to. So if you if you're like, hey, what was that band that they that I heard on No Filler the other day? Uh, subscribe to the playlist, and and you'll you'll get two or three songs, depending on if we have a guest, added to that playlist every week. Uh, so yeah, just uh, just search No Filler in Spotify, and you'll find you'll find us. We're also part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find a lot of other great music related podcasts over at PantheonPodcast.com. Do you mind if I mention my little? Um where to find it the show because i do not have a cool website sure like you guys please yet. do yeah where can we find you uh so i'm just using kind of social media right now and soundcloud is where the the show lives this the show you can find on soundcloud apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher and google Podcasts. but if you want to join and like the social media fan club type thing that i'm trying to do so I, on instagram it's at i turn my podcast on and then twitter it's at Turn my podcast on no I because the character limit of Twitter. But um, yeah, so I do a little schedule updates when things um, come out, whatnot. But yeah, the episode's going to drop every month, a full album review episode and then interview portion with Brit and then um, the fan reaction episodes, which have been really fun. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I would say if you're a fan of Spoon, uh, it's required listening. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Uh, so Q, what are we doing next week? Do we? Do we? Are we going to Seal yet? Are we doing Seal? No, dude, not yet. We're doing Gloria Estefan next, dude. The... No, 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 I thought we were doing Seal then Gloria. No, Estefan. dude, the rhythm's gonna get us next week, friend. Okay, next week the rhythm's gonna get us. We're gonna do Gloria Estefan. You want to talk about like a one eighty? Yeah. But we like to do one eighties around here. All right. So that's that. My name is Travis. And my name is Quentin. Tyler, thanks again. And thank you to everyone for listening. Y'all take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 